Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons of battle-hardened entrepreneurs that are here to share value with you. Uh, I have a very special battle-hardened entrepreneur in studio. Hi, I'm Hannah Brooks. I'm uh, his daughter. 13 years old. She had her first business at nine. We homeschooled for years and years. Uh, now she's off in boarding school, but it was a big, uh, a big, a big decision we made. And we just decided that entrepreneurialism would be her teacher. And Max is here. Oh yeah, super excited as always. Yes, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. John Foster. He has uh, a business called Middle School MBA. Um, they take those entrepreneurial traits and entrepreneurial skills and they say, why can't middle schoolers learn that? And I agree. Get them to work. If they're not paying for themselves by 12, they're out. That's my philosophy. You're getting a bill, Hannah. Uh, one day you're getting an invoice for your entire existence. But before that, John, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and Middle School MBA. Uh, hey, Michael. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's a great honor to be here. Uh, so I'm a I'm a business guy. I'm not an educator uh, by training, but uh, along the way, I I volunteered for Junior Achievement and found that there were just a lot of a lot of extra things that uh, could work there. And eventually built my own curriculum and and was teaching it in schools. And one day I was walking to class and I said to myself, why why am I teaching 14 kids? I should teach 14,000. And mm. that's when I built all the tools I wanted online and and uh, and launched Middle School MBA about uh, five years ago. Okay, so Middle School MBA is an online school that teaches uh, MBA type skills to middle schoolers. Correct. And the, the but the beautiful thing is we're, we're not your, your typical online education where a kid is looking at a device and reading a paragraph and clicking next. Everybody hates that. What what we do is we go to the teacher. So we teach the teacher very quickly and then give the teacher everything that they need to to conduct these classes with really cool activities. The kids negotiate. What type of, what type of teachers do you work with? Like homeschool teachers? Any teacher, homeschool teachers, public school teachers, private school teachers. Oh, you get matter. public schools to teach these types of practices? Yes, we're we're just now getting into the public schools. Uh, in fact, I didn't expect that uh, quite this soon. But uh, you know, the you we we have an idea of public schools, and uh, you know, and typically we think that they're awful, and mm, in many yes. cases. They are extremely awful. In fact, worse than we think. But Tent, it's also down to child abuse. I think in some in some degrees. Absolutely, absolutely. But but there are over two hundred thousand sixth grade classrooms in the U.S. And so within that enormous haystack, there's there's a bunch of good needles. And uh, the trick is to find those needles in that enormous haystack. So yeah, there I are some. I was never cut out for public school, a terrible academic or private school for that matter, any school. But had my parents taken me out and said, here's a phone book, here's a script, here's a product to sell. You're going to dial, you know, three, 400 calls a day until you sell this. I would have thrived. I would have thrived in that environment, but I had no business in, in public school. They, they took one look at me and said, this kid doesn't fit. They 
ushered me off into the, I mean, special needs classes. They're like, nah, sorry, man. You just, you just don't make it here. And, um, well, I, I don't know where those teachers are today that made those assessments, but, um, I, they're not going to be on my podcast. I'll tell you that much. You, so, you know, same for me. Same for me. I hated school. I couldn't wait to get out. I didn't like the professors. They didn't like me. Uh, it's it's just not a good fit for for so much. This this one size fits all thing is just not a good idea. Well, and that and I've talked with people. I, I have a very good friend that has founded a entrepreneurial academy for kids. It's not virtual. It's very much. Um, uh, in, in, uh, on campus, but it's, uh, his, he, he was a teacher and he went in there. He's like, I really tried. I wanted to be, you know, I had that vision of myself being this inspiring teacher. And, um, he said, I couldn't do my job. I couldn't do things inspiring. It was basically just a bureaucratic position. Follow this, read this, memorize this. Everybody needs to memorize the same thing. Lobotomizing any type of creativity and then sending them out to the world with very little skills, very little marketable, practical survival skills. Um, and he says it's almost by design. So it's a very it is sad... by design. It is okay, by design. Why do you think it's by design? Well, it's for one thing, it's built into the system. Uh, I helped start up a charter school a couple of years ago. And by the time you comply with the thing that you must do, and avoid the things things that you must not do. You look like a public school. They've they've just got they've got uh, guardrails on here that you can't escape. So in practice, the design forces you into this mold. <clears throat> and then in in uh, theory, if you look at the history of public schools, uh, uh, John Gatto has written tons on this. They were they were built to be factories. For soldiers and and industrial workers, that was the original idea behind the the German uh, schooling system, and we've adopted it in the U.S. And when it was when it was was almost completely local, there was some insulation from that. But the more it's been centralized and federalized, the more they push down. You know, no child left behind and had whatever, whatever. They're all just forcing you into a tighter and tighter uh squeeze there's there's even a i i love this there's this uh this this concept uh that educators talk about of fidelity fidelity sounds like a great thing but but what it means is every kid gets taught exactly the same thing exactly the same way every single time it sounds How like a community bank i bank with fidelity <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, but uh, it, in, it's a straitjacket is what it actually is. All right. So what are you seeing from kids, right? So what are you seeing when you put these practices into place? What do you see when you open, uh, when you when you expose them to this type of curriculum? Oh, they, they light up. Uh, you know, the, the classical educators call middle school the logic stage. Yeah. And, and in the logic stage, kids are trying to make connections, you know, and up to now, they've they've just memorized different things, but now they want to connect the dots between them, and and that's what economics is about: is how does this whole system work? And and when you show that to kids, they're they're just on fire for it. They say, they're the world is kind of coming into focus for them, and and so they uh, they love it. 
and and we're doing all kinds of entrepreneurial stuff. They're they're negotiating with each other to discover mm -hmm. prices. They're pitching companies. They're evaluating pitches and deciding whether or not to to invest their own money in that. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the typical uh, entrepreneurship class, but uh, the kids kind of make a build, think up a business, and then they they work up to some pitch session. They pitch to some adult judges, and when they're done, at the adults politely clap and say, "Oh, that was great." But when you're pitching, that's to not your entrepreneurialism. Peers, no, but when you're pitching <laughs> to your let me tell you, when you're pitching to your peers who have their own money in this thing, it ain't like that. They are rough. You know, like, wait, wait, wait. How did your revenues go up that much? But your cost only went up that much. And what, you know, what's to say this thing really works? It's it's uh, very realistic. So you see that you see that in an environment of students that are studying entrepreneurialism and they're pitching their plan. And they're getting ripped apart by their fellow students on their plan, because that's yeah. a that's a beautiful thing. I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and the and the really cool thing is, I'm not even there. We we insert this in the classrooms, we're 100 scalable, and I don't even show up. The the whoever's the teacher's there, we we set the table, we invite the guests. We're not even there. So Hannah started her first business at nine when uh, during uh, during COVID. She um, uh, she had an idea for a coffee business, and she kept talking about it and talking about it. And I kept trying to give her advice. And then we have a hammock here. We live in Puerto Rico, and she came and cuddled up with me and like said, "Oh, this I got this, I got that." And do you remember what I said to you after that? You said that um, you are either a entrepreneur or a entrepreneur. I and said you sound like every other loser entrepreneur. That has an idea that isn't taking action. So make a product and sell a product or or go play with dolls. I was nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it but hurts. But... So tell us about your business. Uh, so I would make cookies from uh, whatever hour to about five o'clock. Uh, and I would run them out and I would sell them and... Um, I did a lot of online marketing because, again, it was COVID. Everyone was always on their phones. Uh, and my idea was to run out fresh baked goods to people that didn't have that because they were in their houses and they couldn't they couldn't go out. They couldn't do anything. Um, and my biggest month, I made about 2,000 uh, net worth or net profit. Net, net profit. That was nice. a big... So we wow. live in a community where you can get to all the houses on a golf cart, about 600 houses. So she has marketed as a community until she got a distributor that was a food delivery guy. And then he put uh, he put her cookies on the menu and he would come and pick them up and deliver and she would sell them wholesale. But like, what would you ask her how she learned different from that versus regular school? Oh, my God. You know, the, when when you when you meet the market when you when you actually get into reality and and someone has to hand you money for your product they have to part with that's that's a whole different world right there how do you how do you make the transaction how do you convince them to do it what does how that do you, feel like for you um i wasn't handed money instead my mom would help me with promoting and um making more of a name for myself uh, well, but, well, I, 
I th- I think what John's saying is when you when you've received money for providing a product. Ah, okay. Sorry, I misunderstood that. Um, it felt great that I could finally do something and be independent. Um, because I I just didn't want to have to constantly rely on other people. I wanted to figure out how to be independent and how to be my own person. Around that around that time, I showed her a picture of an old man. May, like a guy in his seventies making out with a girl that's maybe 22, 24. And I said, look at this girl. She didn't learn how to make her money on her own. She didn't learn how to be independent. She didn't learn how to take care of herself. So she, she smooches and uses her body to make an old man happy. And then she gets to, doesn't have to worry about work. Which would you rather do that or become independent? And what did you say? I said, I would rather become independent. Yeah, that's right. And then right in front of her, I brought my son over, who's a year older. And I said, look, son, even if you're this old, and <laughs> if you make a lot of money, you could still kiss beautiful women. And he really liked that. So he, so that was, uh, hey, I didn't make the rules. This is how life is. <laughs> like the key? Yeah. Well, we'll go into that one later. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, this, is how, uh, this is how life is. This is how the rules are. So you're teaching young people those same real rules. Probably not with the same visuals. Yeah, we don't use that particular visual. No, <laughs> but I try but to motivate know the, my kids the best I know how. All right, so John, tell us a little bit more. Um, so you're 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 going out tapping in. What what advice would you give to a parent who recognizes the value of uh, entrepreneurialism and be like this type of studies? What advice would you give? How could they? Um, employ these types of skills. You know, they might have their kids in public, public or private school. There's not a lot of time. What what can they do? What are practical things they can do to start preparing their children for this type of curriculum, this type of train of thought? Yeah, yeah. You know, the um, one of the best things you can do for kids is is give them work, whether you know working outside the house or working inside the house. Um, every kid should have a job from as, as early as they can remember. And um, that whole process of, of, uh, of, it, of exerting effort and, and thinking about this person that I have to please, my customer, and, and doing a good job for them so that I build a reputation, they, they want to work with me more. Those are, uh, you can do that right away. I mean, I've seen so many kids that were struggling with school and with life and other things. Just get a job. I don't care if it's McDonald's or what it is, but that that thing of working is uh, just, in, it changes you. And, and then when you're working, uh, you see how things go and and you have a better idea of how you might do it for yourself. So uh, instead of just starting from zero, like like going from, all right, I I don't have a clue, and now I'm going to start a, a multi million dollar business. That's too big of a jump. Start by by getting any job, do that job, see how work works, make connections. Well, how do you get and, a sixth and, grader a job? Well, a sixth grader can can work at home, uh, you know, washing windows, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, whatever. And uh, pay them a market rate for it, uh, demand uh, market quality from them. Uh, so, I mean, 
as when I was uh, six years old, I was I was working in you know mowing the lawn, uh, washing the windows, whatever. So yeah, that uh, was when, when, a long time ago. This was this was like a, a pleasure. You know, if you if you had a paper route, you were you were top notch, right? Yes. I mean, I had a dog walking business. I sold candy. I did whatever I could to make a buck when I was uh, when I was a kid. But it was ingrained in us that this was this was a gift. If you got a job when you were a kid, you get the holy grail was the paper route. If you had the paper route, you were the top kid. That was that was that was like you were an eagle scout if you got your own paper route. But it builds character. And I think we focus Absolutely. too much on academics now. And it weakens character because it's there's not the right balance. There is a place for learning. There is a place for philosophy and, and different critical thinking. But there is nothing that replaces the experience of the animated contest of capitalism. Yeah, all of, of academics... That its job should be to explain the real world the way it actually happens, and, and so that so that you don't have to make every mistake yourself. You you know you you certainly need to make a lot of mistakes, but you don't have to make them all. And mm. if if you can understand the the principles around a given thing, it can guide you away from a lot of mistakes. But but academics, just for the sake of academics, is is really useless. So you've got this great program. Can you tell us about a success story? Who's come out of it and they they what have they produced? What business are they running? What CEO Fortune 500 that they've become uh, top dog? Just kidding on that. But what's the output of the product no. that you're creating? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we, we've got tons of kids that have been amazingly successful. But but I can't say that this kid who's at NASA is is there because of middle school MBA. But yeah. what we what we have done is is we've opened their eyes to a much much bigger world and shown them a roadmap of of how you navigate that world. And, and so uh, I mean we're in their heads. A, a principal told me the other day that uh, these two sixth grade girls were talking in the lunch line, and one says to the other. How much you think the profit margin is on those neutral grain bars? You know, mm. so so they they're thinking in business terms, and occasionally a parent will say, uh, "Look, I love this uh, this middle school MBA program, but could you make them a little bit less good at negotiating?" That that's <laughs> getting a little tedious for me. <laughs> Anna, do you have any so, questions? Um, about, so do you have like a specific top student that came out with a certain net profit or business or business? It's a good question. Uh, I, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I can't uh, point to any that have, have actually started businesses. Um, we have, we have kids that are, uh, that are coming out of med school. But but again, I, I can't claim their successes. Um, what what I can just say is that uh, they say that they see the world differently, and they have a they they were able to find their path more easily. Whether even if they're not, I mean, we're, we're not trying to shove every kid into entrepreneurship. Um, if you're an employee and you understand how a business works and how the economy works, you are a much better employee. And when when layoffs come around, you're not going to be the one that gets cut. If you're a homemaker and you understand how these things work, you're 
you're going to support your your uh, your spouse better. You know, the one who isn't, you're going to be better at whatever, however you engage the world. You're better if you understand how everything works. Any other questions, Anna? Uh, not, I don't think so. I don't. Well, I still think that's wonderful, man. Even if, uh, you know, even if it's just to help open children's minds to thinking in terms of profit margins and that, I mean, there's so much that's now open in their minds to, hey, what's the sugar content, right? <laughs> and what's the other right. health food stuff? This is a this is a psychological help that I think you're right. I think it's going to help them not only scale their business, but their lives. So, exactly. John, thank you for being a part of our program, Middle School MBA. If people want to find you, if they're intrigued, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, MiddleSchoolMBA.com. Uh, everything is is right there. You can contact us. You can you can buy the program right there. You can you can send that to your schools and say, hey, I, I want the, the beautiful thing is, you know, you want your kid to learn this sort of thing. You take it to your school and not only your kid, but all their peers and their teacher and everybody gets it. So it's you, it's really a, a, a community thing that you can accomplish. Now, that's wonderful. Well, we appreciate you being a part of our program, John. I think you're doing great stuff for the world. Man, I wish I wish they had this when I was growing up. It would have made a, it, it would have been something I would have really loved to have been a part of. But you're doing it now, so God bless you for that. So thank you very much, and we will see you soon. Cheers. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. <laughs>